Welcome to the Searching for Meaning podcast. My name is Gonzalo, and I'm joined by my brother, Tiago. Welcome. Greetings. And in today's episode, we are going to review the seven habits of highly effective people. And I must say that for me, this, this is the third time reading this book. And every time that I've read a book, I've gotten something new out of it. It's kind of crazy. And, but before we get into it, there's a quote that I very kindly prepared that I want to read. <clears throat> so, quoting, As to methods, there may be a million and then some, but principles are few. The man who grasps principles can successfully select his own methods. The man who tries methods, ignoring principles, is sure to have trouble. Um, this is by, I don't know who it is, I should have researched, but, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but I, I think this sums up the main, not the main, but kind of the overall message of the book, which is, he's not giving you like, he gives you some specific methods uh, how to optimize some things, but it's more about like these guiding principles that, you know, if you follow pretty much, you are guaranteed to have success, 100% yeah. money back. And I think it's the... It's the right way to approach self-help. Like you can, it's like it's the old saying: you can either teach a man how to fish or just give him a fish. Yeah. Like if you give, him a, like it's sometimes it's cool to like receive a, a fish. Just like someone tells you, like cool <laughs> hacks. Take a cold shower in the morning; it will make you feel yeah. good. Or sometimes it's like, but like that's not going to be most like you, there's not going to be one hack that's going to be life-changing and it's going to change your perspective of, on life. But principles from principles, you can. Like extract from there and everything else that will change your yeah, life. Yeah, you can make them your own. You know, then you pick the methods to your madness to whatever yeah. your principles are. The ones in this case uh, that Stephen Covey is giving you. But yeah, uh, j before we actually get into the book, I just want to say we're going to divide this book into two podcasts because there are uh, six. No, not six. There are seven habits, but he divides them into two parts. So the first part is the um, private victory. So it's you focusing on yourself, on how to pretty much becoming independent of, you know, of your parents giving you money or of other people's emotions. Pretty much you becoming an adult. That's what I would say. Mm -hmm. Those first three habits is just you getting your shit together. Even the last post that I, uh, Instagram post that I did, it was <laughs> a bit dramatic, I must say, but it's kind of that, that message is no one's coming to save you. And that's perfectly fine. That's how it should be, and you need to deal with that because more and more now you see even, I don't know, people leaving their, <clears throat> excuse me, parents' houses like 40 years, not 40, but like 30 years old, when before at 18, you, you would leave and you had to go work. Mm -hmm. And this this book, it was released in 89, but I feel like these concepts are needed n now more than they probably were needed in 89. Yeah, I think the adolescent phase kind of prolonged itself a, a, a a lot more because yeah it's, it's like like you said people are leaving the the house a lot later they're being even like i was listening to a, a podcast and the guys were they're like a bit they're like in their 40s and so they were talking about like how now teenagers aren't as eager to get their their driving license as they were before before like as yeah. soon as you turn 16 everyone wanted a driving license but nowadays like i think the average um age for getting a driver's license is like 20 something which for them it's crazy like before, a driver's license represented freedom, independence. But now I think less and less kids are, are searching for that independence. They just want to be in the, the comfort of their own home. And in part, because that's like the message we, I think we've, we've spread, that comfort is, is yeah, good. Also a lot with like the politics nowadays, which is <laughs> we all need, we all deserve a lot of things. 
yeah. that before people didn't even didn't maybe even not the richest of the rich could get you know like oh now we want free college for everyone we want free healthcare for everyone we want yeah. safe space we want we want a lot of things and this is all from young people you don't see like 50 year old 50 years old guys complaining about this stuff mostly yeah. so i feel like it's one of those things where only bernie yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, no i'm not gonna say anything that wasn't we're not a politics podcast <laughs> but yeah but and this book it, it's especially resonated with me this time because the other two times i kind of you know i was too young no i was just like i had less two years but i was way less mature so most of these things just flew over me so mm. i just read it and i was like eh, whatever you know and because these i would say are kind of boring concepts yeah. this, these are not like the cold shower hack yeah. get your things in six weeks not like that this is a book in my opinion to read multiple times and to follow throughout your whole life and like to come back to it side note, we were talking about this before the podcast started as like with most books if you don't really take your time to like study them and apply the principles like by by measurable actions they don't really do that much for you and i think that's especially true for these kinds of books like the big the really big impactful ones you have in your life like like this one can be one of them like if you I think we lose a lot, and I'm talking about my, about myself, really just looking back. I think I've lost a lot by not investing in really just diving deep into one book as opposed yeah. to like kind of broadening out and trying to read more books. But at the end of the day, it's like if you get really good at the habits of one good book, like this one, I think it's like you were saying you before, you'd be like ahead of 99% of all people. But yeah. So I th- and I think it's also like in accordance what we the message we try to, we try to, to preach here in the in the podcast, which is really not not trying to go as wide as possible and experience everything else, but like sometimes really trying to be good at one thing. It's like the kaizen principle: being good at one yeah. thing, being getting really good at that, and then only then moving on. Yeah, it's narrowing down the focus because, especially for us, I feel like because. And for also other people read a lot. So we read, uh, so one book every two weeks, so two books per month. And yeah, it's very easy to, oh, these two weeks I was applying this, but now on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And then you ne- you never really get the, the highest benefits of that because one of the things this week, I was also listening to a lot of Jordan Peterson. And one of the things that he reminded me of is commitment. The best things in life all come a, a true commit committing yourself to something you know the best relationships are always the longest it's usually with your family that you've committed to those relationships for like years decades since ever probably the the people who are the best at their work even athletes take lebron james lebron has been playing basketball since he was six or something yeah every day kobe same thing and which is hard because especially nowadays and especially if you don't really know, or I'm talking to you myself as well. Opposite message. If you don't know what to do, it's, yeah, number one, you get the opposite message. In school that you, like, school encourages everything. you to be ev- like to be good at everything, not to be like, Yeah, but, and also it's very easy to, to get distracted because there's so many things. Oh, now I'm gonna do a social media marketing agency or some bullshit. Tomorrow I'm gonna sell t-shirts about people like video games. Next day, and you can keep on doing this, you know, forever. That's yeah. why also another thing that I got this week was the, the thing, uh, the quote by Viktor Frankl, or not the quote, the principle of ask what life needs from you and not the opposite. Mm-hmm. 
Because when you do that, it's like, oh, maybe now, maybe I don't like that job, but I can put this weight on my parents to sustain me by now. So life is asking me to either maintain this job or find a new one. Yeah. But it's not asking me to go back to being, you know, not doing anything. And I think it, that question is really good because especially in like the self-help area now, the more I noticed that it's all really focused on ourselves. Like, of course, you need to focus on yourself, fix your own issues. But at the end of the day, we as humans are a social species and we get the most purpose. Like, I don't care whatever you're doing. It's because you're like deep down, you want to help someone else or you want to do good for like for some for someone else. Like purpose, I'd say it's that. No one... No one gets purpose just because of improving. Like you're always improving yourself because you want to make the world a better place, and that passes by improving the lives of other people. And I think people kind of forget that. And asking that question by from that standpoint, like what does the world need from me? Not like what's my purpose. Chases yeah. you from a like a selfish yes. kind of. You can you can block yourself if you overthink it too much. Yeah, so because then it sounds like for me, for me, what makes me happy? But yeah, some, sometimes, and I would I'd argue at the hardest times when you are really questioning that, it's just asking that. And with that being said, let's, let's transition into Jump the Jump right book. into it. <laughs> or else we'll just keep rambling on for the next 40 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, I'm, I'm going to say, um, oh, no, I'm just going to do a little brief thing before I go into the first habit. But so he says that there are two main ways that you can approach this whole self-development thing it can be, you know, from outside to inside, which means like you're looking for outside things to fix you. It's like, oh, I need the next method, the next book, the next whatever. Always the next thing outside of yourself. And then there's the, the other approach, the one that he, you know, recommends and that I agree with, which is from the inside to the outside, you know, you're not expecting the world to influence you inside to, you know, get fixed. It's, it's going to come from inside of yourself. It's not... The problems you have are not because that didn't happen or that didn't happen. No, it's because of you. And all that is all that is going to change is going to come from inside yourself. And so with that being said, the habit number one is be proactive. This for me is more, it's like the, the mindset one. Just getting your mind right into the thing, which is adopting a mindset of finding solutions, not excuses. That's it. This is talk, you know, probably every self-help book since this one has talked yeah. about this, but it, it really is that because in all decisions that we have, we can always, we don't, we can never choose the outcome. We can, we can always choose how we react to it. A big Viktor Frankl thing as well. Mm -hmm. Even like from small to big things, let's say your coffee uh, comes out cold. The waitress gives you a cold coffee. You didn't, you wanted a, a warm coffee, but now you can choose how you react to that. You can be pissed off, ruins your whole day or you can, you know, deal with it, maybe be, be happy, don't give a shit about it. And then that's a better approach, in my opinion. Yeah. But all that says... It was that... very good, like, the way he actually, yeah. like, defined proactivity. I, I think, it, because usually, like, you, you associate proactive with, like, okay, a guy is always, like like you said, searching solutions and getting the job done very pro pro productivity-wise. But then he, he, he makes, like, he, he treats it... In a different way, which is like the, the he mentions Viktor Frankl in the book, and that's uh, that space between stimuli and and response you get between that. There's the decision yeah. of what you are going to do, and that's like like the the first principle I'd say if like if you were going to make like that's why it's the first principle, which is like be responsible for who you for your for your actions, and I think that's like the way he kind of 
talked about productivity, which I very much like because it's the it's I think it's one of the, the foundational concepts in like if, if you're trying to improve yourself, it's always the first thing is be uh, assuming responsibility for for your life and for the the reactions yeah. you have to, to other things. And I think the way mentioning Victor Victor Frankl was very good because and that's like the best example I'd say of someone who he could think about that idea in the worst situation in one of the worst situations possible in like a, a yeah. con- like a concentration camp deprived of everything and, and that's just like i really enjoyed how the productivity concept was passed into this that was defined in this chapter as opposed to what i think most people associate to it yeah and also i feel like um with this this is a message that nowadays people are searching more and more for it you see with the rise of the rise no the <laughs> the rise in popularity of I know, like Jordan Peterson, David Goggins, Jocko Willink, pretty much what they're preaching most of the time is this. It's just, it's this first step. It's being proactive, being responsible yeah. for your reaction to things. And for me, for a long time, because I, like I said, that this is the third time I'm reading the book. And for the last two times, mostly this is all I got from the book was just this, uh, the first one. The other ones, I was like, ah, don't really interested. And if you read the book, that's what I feel like it's going to happen. If you don't got this down, this is what's going to really stick with you. You're like, okay, this is it. Then the next one is going to be like, ah, not really. But then if you reread the book, let's say one year from now, then you're going to be open to the next concept, which for me now the the second habit, which you're going to go there, it's the one that's like mind blowing to me right now. But maybe the third and fourth is going to be like, ah, maybe, maybe in, in one year from now. Yeah. That's, and for me, this is, why I feel like it's such a great book because you really need to take it step by step in the slowest meaning of that. Yeah. My step was like two years to now be able to go to the next one. Yes. Yeah. It's like, that's, yeah. It's like we're talking. It's a funny thing with these really good books. Like they're so good that there's so much good knowledge that I think there's like no way you can take it all at once. Like it's yeah. such broad concepts that, that can, has so much value in different stages of your life. Like you were saying, when you first read it, it was proactivity that popped out. Now it's the habit too. Like I like for me, now it's bring, yeah. now it's proactivity. It's and it, well, I wonder if when I read it like here from now, it's going to be something else. And yeah, but that's that's kind of the. I think that's why you just need to reread all these good books. You know, I think yeah, we are noticing sure. this more and more. Like the the more books, like we did uh, radical sentence the other some weeks ago and it's the same thing you always come back to it and it's like oh i thought like I, I thought i had this yeah, down, but I, no, forgot. I forgot yeah. about all the the things that and it's yeah i think it's just like you like you you were mentioning before this podcast of, of about dedicating three months to really getting this book down and not getting down but getting applying the concepts really really focusing on that only and i think that's like the only yeah. way you can really absorb these books to their to their their full capacity, you know. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, no one wants to hear that because yeah. <laughs> I remember. When I don't reading, like hearing myself saying that. Yeah, and I remember when I bought the book, I was like, oh, you know, before even knowing anything, I was like, the seven habits of highly effective people, and I was like, okay, so in like two Tell months, me I got this down. I got I'm this down. Take a cold shower, drink some coffee. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's you know, it, I, I feel like to a certain extent that mindset is not bad to have, but you need to you know you need to mix them both and know that even like when you see tim ferris which is like the king of uh what's the word optimizing stuff 
even he, I'm sure he knows that some things, <laughs> they take time, you know, you can optimize a lot of things, but I feel like these main things you can't optimize, you know, because he says, I mean, I think with this, we can, I, this is all going to kind of blend in, but he talks about also defining, this is from Abbott too, but it says to define or imagine your funeral, you know, and then picture what you would like people to say at the end of your life, your family, your closest friends, you know, at the moment where you're not looking for validation, you're just, you know, you died. And to, to really guide your life through those principles, you can't optimize that. You can't just write it down once and be like, yeah, now I'm going to be honest all the time, even though I was lying a lot before. And I'm going to, no, it's going to take time. It's going to take failure, reanalyzing throughout your whole life, probably through the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So that's why I fucking love this book <laughs> because it is that. It's the principle. It's not the method. You see, and you see this in a lot of, you know, pretty much in every professional area where you see a lot of, oh, do this and then you'll be rich. Or, but maybe just doing that, that method is not going to get you rich. Or do this workout routine and you're going to get jacked. Eh, not that simple. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it goes back to like choosing the process over the, the, the end goal with all, with all these things. Like you were saying, it's, it's going to be a long it's going to be it's going to be the rest of your life basically with all these principles. You'll never get to a point to say, I got pro proactivity down or I got I got responsibility down to like I'm super I'm fully responsible for everything I do. I'm yeah. I don't you always make mistakes and that's why you'll always need to go back to to certain concepts. Like and everyone like the more I see like successful people talking about the books that really impacted them, they all reread them quite a lot. They all say like even Tim Ferriss is one popular question he asks in his blog, which is like, it's not, uh, no, it was one you asked in writing one of these Tools of Titans or Tribe of Mentors, one of those. It yeah. was like, what's the, the book you've reread the most? And, and almost everyone has an answer for that, like su successful people. Yeah. There's like, it's like, it's like we're realizing right now, it's, you, you take different things from it at different points in your life. Yeah, and even even the Stephen, the, the Stephen Covey, the guy who wrote the book, even he gives examples in the book of moments he fucks up and then he has to apologize. And so it's not like the guy who wrote this all also fucks up sometimes. Yeah. And so it, I, yeah, it's just one of those things that nowadays I, I see, especially there's a lot of these videos, like I meditated for 30 days and it changed my life and all, <laughs> all this bullshit. And it's like, but who, who gets the most out of meditation? It's the guys who've been doing it their whole lives and yeah. are, are almost levitating <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. but that's it like the the most enlightened guys are the guys who dedicated themselves to that for a long period of time it was not in 30 days that and you know they told, looking got those realizations enli like enlightened maybe they were at the beginning but then they just fell in love with the process and they just kept doing it yeah. because absolutely they, they liked it and they, they they valued it a lot and they put their purpose there it's not like if you like most people who you do you define as enlightened they don't say that they're enlightened they just yeah they, yeah they don't even the, they don't yeah, talk about they, it they just act and do stuff that you make that make you think that they are enlightened because that's one of, i'm gonna go back to this which is to commit to one thing means rejecting all the other things inside that realm of you know if it's your profession it's rejecting all other professions while you focus on that one and with our you know mentality especially young people of i want more i want different and i want it now yeah, it's very hard way. more and more to you know no i'm just gonna focus on building cars that's what i want to do 
throughout for the rest of my life. You tell that to anyone of our like our age, younger and a bit older, let's say from I don't know, like fifteen to thirty, and that's not appealing at all. But all great creations came from those people. Let's look at the uh, the brand Ferrari. The guy that is what he did his whole life. He built cars. Then he just built better and better cars. Yeah. And I, I said the example of like uh, Kobe, LeBron, Michael Jordan. That's it. And that means going through the periods of where you're doubting yourself, where you see, you know, another opportunity that maybe looks better, but you keep on yours. And, you know, I can't yeah. say that <laughs> I've mastered that because I've definitely not. But, but that's, that's what I see where the, the, the biggest returns if come there from. Is, if there is ever a secret, it's that. It's just, it's choosing one thing and despite being aware that there's a million other things that you can be could be doing right now you d dedicate yourself to this one and the, that's that's the hardest thing like you were saying for for the young people we we don't want to make um commit we, we don't want yeah we don't want to make commitments and we don't want to compromise on anything you see this a lot right now like it's the utopia yeah. state of mind like we can do anything at all the time like i can be the best uh, fit, I could have the best body right now, be, uh, the best business, the best relationships, all at the same time. Like, yeah. you can't. There's no way you have to choose. <laughs> yeah. You have to choose one thing, be, be really good at it, and then get to a point where you say, okay, maybe I'm good enough, right? Maybe I just I put a pause on this and try to work on something else. But you can't decide to do anything else. You see this more. I'm realizing this more. Just a note from my personal life. It's like with fitness, you can't expect to like to really get better in your, like, if you're trying to change your body, trying to get stronger, you can expect, like, it to happen, like, if you want to reach a goal where you're, like, you're in the top percent of people yeah. in, in that area, you can't just put it to the side and go on with your life. I mean, I, I certainly, like, for me, it's not a problem because I enjoy doing it, but if, if, I, if, you, if you are someone who wants to get, like, put on 10 pounds of muscle in one month, like, there are cases of people of that happening, but guess what? It wasn't the guy just doing it for fun and then going to his job. <laughs> yeah. Like trap would trap himself in the gym seven days a week, taking all kinds of eating eating all perfectly, exploring all kinds of supplements and illegal stuff possible. Because he wanted to be the best at that one thing. It wasn't like a, a side project for him. That's what mo most yeah. things in life. And I feel like the the hardest part is coming to, you know, accepting that. Because in our mind, at least in mine, I want to have it all perfect all the time, you know. No, I can work in my relationships, in the business, and the fitness, all at the same time. But but you can because event, uh, eventually one of those takes over and then you feel bad because you're not doing as much as the others. Yeah. So I feel like at least if you have the, the personality type like I have, and I think you have as well, which is a bit obsessive about shit, is to, you know, recognize that. Yeah, I'm going to obsess over something. Focus on that thing. Boom, yeah. there you go. Don't deny the, <laughs> yeah. Don't deny an obsession. Like I tried to do that for a long time and now looking back like the best results I've ever had in my life were, was when I accepted that I was obsessed and just kept on doing of, of course if you're obsessed with something that's pre prejudicial for you. Yeah, if like you're drugs, obsessed with like playing video games all day, yeah. maybe not the best thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, like of course like take this But like, maybe all it is, this. you know, maybe it is because then maybe you become a professional video <laughs> yeah, game I mean, player. It's just all, uh, taking it all with, it's being extremely self-aware. And taking all, take all of this with a grain of salt. Like, yep. of course, you you need to you need to be self aware. Like, maybe you will you will be the best video gamer ever. But like, be be real with yourself. Just be real with you. Not just using that as a means to escape reality. But but yeah, if you're really good at one thing, just try to be better at that. Like, if you look at the most successful companies, ideas that ever appeared, 
it was obsessed guys. It was it wasn't the guy doing like a, a nine to five and on the side doing a no. It was the guy that put himself full yeah. throttle on one thing. I, I'm talking about like the real. But also disclaimer big here. Inventions. Um, disclaimer. We are not suggesting anyone to quit their yeah, jobs yeah, and do any of this. Just, and number two, it's yeah. also depends on the person, you know, because there's, you know, especially I would say women are much less, much less, uh, what's the word, uh, obsessed with shit. They're much, mm. much more balanced in general. Yeah. So if that's you and you're listening to this, you're you're probably making a weird face like they're crazy. What the <laughs> fuck are they talking about? Yeah, it's okay. the, the same way so, we would look at someone who's more balanced. So I would say it's just recognize what you are and then test with yourself, you know, maybe go all out and see. Was I happy? Was I healthy or not? Maybe I need to tone down some things. Because at the end of the day, it's just, it's like the book says, the principle. What's the principle you're following? That's it. And with this, I want to transition into number two, which is, which kind of fits very, very perfectly here, if I say, do say so myself, which is start with the goal in mind. And when he says goal in mind, the first thing it pops into your mind is like the million dollars, the big company. The goal in mind here is the funeral thing. It's to visualize your funeral, visualize what people would say about you that you want them to say about you, really the, the core things. And then it's to focus on that. That is the goal. Yeah, that's so the when you're doing stuff, when, you're, when you open a business and if your goal is to like, I'm going to be honest all the time, then you're not going to do shit like, you know, lie to people to sell them shit. Because, that would, because the goal at the end is not to have a successful business. The goal is to have a successful business following your, you know, guidelines. Because yeah. that's the goal at the end of the day. And for me, this was big. Number one, because I completely overlooked this the last time I, I saw the <laughs> book. I was like, yeah, okay. Or I, I saw the, the, I visualized with saying like very materialistic things. And yeah. but I think it, this, it makes, this exercise is very powerful. Like if yeah. you visualize yourself like being in your funeral, and, like, and the way the way he sets it up, it's crazy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> because first you're like thinking, oh, it's gonna be something sad about one of my family members dying. Yeah. But then he like totally reverses reverses it on you. Yeah. So just the way he says it, it's like, so imagine you're in a funeral. You see your family around you crying, everyone, and then you walk up to the casket, beautiful casket. Then you look inside, and you are there, <laughs> and you're like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> hold up. But yeah. No, yeah, and but it really makes you. That's like when you, if you're ever like trying to like if you're ever really confused about who you are like what are your priorities your values i'd say that's one of the best exercises for getting a an overall idea because that's where you really start to like when you question yourself like what would my why would i want my my mother to think of me that's like that's yeah. when you really start thinking like because ideas just start popping into your mind like you say oh, i wanted to think i was responsible i'd be someone who wasn't afraid to go out and try new things and that's why you're like oh my god yeah. maybe i do maybe i value freedom i value independence i value self uh, awareness and self self-discipline and, and yep. that's where and you you start getting your values and that's why you i think you can begin to grow and know yourself as a person yeah and also for me it was mind-blowing because then i wrote down all those things i'm still in the process of it but i you know i wrote it down it was mind-blowing because it was like Number one, I was not aware of this. Number two, there's some things that I, I was definitely not following according to this. And then, you know, I did it like two days ago. Pardon me. And then I noticed throughout my day, the, the next days, there were some things I didn't do or did because I, I had this in the back of my mind. I was like, mm, do I really want this? People to remember me doing this? Not really. Not. Yeah. And it takes a completely different approach. It's not focused on... The materialistic goal like what can i get from that it's like more of am i living in according accordance to myself and this is what i 
do believe that makes those people you look at, like Jocko Willing, David Goggins, and they're like emotional anchors, you know? There are people to be counted on, relied on, is that they know their their principles and then they follow them, regardless yeah. of what happens exterior to them. Yeah, it's being, yes, being extremely genuine with yourself. And yeah, you, that can only happen when you come from a place where you really know what you value, because that's where you first need to know that. And for, because the, when you're in like a, a compro possibly compromising situation, you know, like, you know what you need, you know what to be, what, what is right inside of you. Like if you're ever in a, if you're in a business and you're ever like debating, uh, is this the right decision? Is this like the morally correct thing? You know it deep inside you if you have those values in order. You know it in your gut, like most people say. Yep. It. And that's just just having the then it's just having the fortitude to following that instinct and keeping true to your values. But if you see like that's one of the things we most value in, in people. It's genuinity and like keeping your word in most businesses. Like yep. that's what, what that's what all business try to try to pass as their image. And but it, ironically, yeah. it's like it's a thing. It's something you can't fake. It's just you have to have it. Yeah, and but you know it's. I'm like I told you, I'm still in the process of doing it because then he also says to, you know, once you have all these things down, write a shorter version of it as like your constitution, like as the United States of America have their constitution of things that pretty much never change. You should have your own as well. And so this Sunday, I'm going to write mine. And, you know, it's it's mind blowing because when I read these books that really change you, it's always mind blowing to think that you could have not come in touch with them. You know, you could have. And there's probably some books that if you would read them, you'd be like, oh my God, but you're never going to read them because there are so many. Just, yeah, there's so many. <laughs> just like, and that goes back to like the, fear of, yeah. the fear of missing out kind of thing. But uh, for me, it's like I'm, I'm super grateful that uh, because I don't think I said in the podcast, I decided like for the next three months at least, I'm only going to focus practically on practical advice of this book. I'm going to read other books, you know, but I'm going to not give a shit about their practical advice because <laughs> I really want to follow this this thing of you know, focusing on one thing. I say three, maybe it's six. Maybe I fall in love with the book and I never read a book again. But yeah. it's just to, to you know, to give your effort, your maximum effort you can to something, to commit to it. Because yeah. I know there's going to be times where I'll be like, ah, but I want the new book. That looks very nice. But I do know also that when you overcome those those feelings and those thoughts, then it's kind of like you go down and then you come up super strong again. Maybe you have like a click and something new in the book clicks. So yeah, just letting you know. And if you want to take me on that challenge, feel free to do it. Yeah, I think I'll also like go with that the three months thing because that's like, it's it's very, like, I don't want to do it, first of all. And I'm kind of like, it's it's kind of like the post you put, the, you put on the Instagram page about Tim Ferriss. Like, well, most likely whatever you need to be, to be doing is what you're most afraid of or the thing you don't want to do. I think that would be it for me, like committing to, because I like reading books, I, I enjoy it, but I, I don't think I would, it's not like, the first, like it's not my instinct to like go and just say, okay, I'll dedicate all of my energy to this one book for three months. But I think like, from everything I've kind of learned in this past year, it's, that's the way to do things and to really, like to, to carry things with that for the rest of your life, you, need to, you just need to focus on them for yeah. like a, a period of time and just really just deep, delve, deep dive into it there's no way around yeah it. absolutely and um wait let me see if i want to say anything else on this right. i think i have some something written because i do write no that is... on this podcast the professional oh and a big thing is also figuring out what guides you now so for 
it could be, you know, a lot of people, it's like pleasure. You neglect other things over pleasure or other people, it's stuff, you know, or, or um, money. So you neglect everything else if money is involved. So let's say you have a, a game, your kids have a soccer game, soccer match, but somebody calls you from work like, oh, you could do some extra hours and earn this much more money. If you're guided by money, you're going to take that offer every time. For example, if you are guided by pleasure, let's say you're trying to lose weight, but you see a pizza, yeah, you're going to take the pizza every day. So it's before figuring out the new things you want, it's also figuring out what guides you now. What is, what is your North Star? Even if you pick those things, you know, unconsciously. So yeah, for me, that is it for... I think that's the, just to finish off on that, I think that's the most important thing like the, the things you are unconscious of. It's really taking responsibility for them. It's saying, my value right now is the hedonic pleasure of food. I like, I like the taste of food and that's my number one value in deciding what's better, better for me. And, but like, name out your fears. Name out your subconscious little things that you don't want to name out. Like if you're someone who binge eats a lot, you don't want to accept that that's you. You are the one yep. putting that, the, the value, the taste of food is the number one value to you. You don't want to admit that because, let's face it, like, once you admit that, you feel like a piece of shit because yeah. it's just, it's just, you seem like oh, yeah. very, a very shallow person. But, but it's like, you must name your fear before you can banish it. Yep, That's, absolutely. It's crucial. Yep. Uh, with that being said, I think we can go over to habit number three, which for me, this is also a big one. Like, <laughs> I'm so mind blown. Like, how, how could I have read this book and not given a shit about these things? Because they're so big, like just this this second habit, this is enormous. This could change your whole fucking life from moving yeah. forward. And I completely, I didn't do the exercise the two times before. I'm I'm sh- I'm certain of it. I just read and I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna keep reading. It's not really, I, and yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But with that being said, habit number three is prioritize what is most important. This one is it's where you know first habit you kind of got into the right mindset. Number two, you kind of figured out your programming actually i'm not gonna try to invent this so how he says it's habit number one it's you realize if you were a computer or a computer program is i am the programmer habit number two is writing the program and then habit number three is starting the program Mm -hmm. so here it's optimizing all those things because he says if you you know you can be going full speed towards the place you don't want to go so habit two is kind of really putting you onto that path and then now it's about optimizing and uh, he has a would you say a graph I don't think it's called a graph but a very popular uh, design to organize your life your activities which is uh, there's like four there's a vertical line horizontal line and then it's four quadrants yeah so you have urgent not urgent important not important so an a a task can be important and urgent, important, not urgent, not important, important and urgent, and not important and not urgent. I know this is confusing only listening to it because I'm doing end movements, but yeah, that's it. So what he says is you should focus most of your time on number two, which is important and not urgent. So these are the things that are, you know, it's pre-planning, planning things that might go wrong, uh, looking for opportunities instead of looking for problems to fix. Then so you have a lot of people focus on number one, which is important and urgent. So it's like daily stuff. You have to do them. You didn't really plan, but now you have to do all those things that are important right now. 
and you can you you will live in like a, a stressful state forever if you focus on this then then number three which is not important and urgent is like phone calls emails shit that doesn't really matter but it's it, it is urgent because it requires your immediate attention when it comes up and then you have the last one which is the one the one you really don't want to spend any time in which is not important and not urgent so these these are just you know activities just maybe you know you're stalling out you're watching videos on youtube when you should be working it's just yeah. dumb stuff and if you spend most of your times in these last two you will it's like you're pretty much you need help from someone else to live because you're not working you're not focusing on important stuff so you will you probably need your parents or the government's help to live if you focus on only number one which is important and urgent you're going to live a life of stress always you know stressed about the next day never really focusing on how to maximize growth only just how to fix the the problems that pop up but if you focus on important and not urgent like i said before the the things that are really important but they you know it's more about planning what's going to happen focusing on opportunities that maybe you're not seeing right now if you focus on that then you are going to become a successful person yeah. according to stephen covey because <laughs> i don't want to yeah, say it's yeah. according to me so yeah and which is this was a big you know change for me because most of my life is focused on the number one and sometimes number three which is you know it's urgent it's it needs to do right now but only because yeah. i failed to plan before that's it a lot of these things i could have planned before and i would be yeah, tranquil just, on my day to day it is crazy, it's crazy to think it's about such a, such a simple practice just to plan out your day take it takes you maybe like if you do it daily, it takes you like five minutes in the morning, make a to-do list, something like that. Just It gives you like structure to your day. but it, And it's like you were saying before, like if you just do that, you're ahead of yeah. most people. And, and, and I would say like, yeah, if you, and, and if you do daily, if you do daily, you're already ahead of, like I, I, right now I do the day before. I feel like, pardon me, that puts me ahead of like 90% of people. But the big thing that he, he recommends is one week before, planning your week ahead. And I feel like with yeah. that time spawn, then you can really optimize shit and not feel stressed most of your day. Because if you plan like, okay, I'm going to have to do seven of these tasks. Like for me, I have to do seven Instagram posts, for example. So, okay, Monday, I'm going to do all of them. And then I'm not stressed anymore because I know at that time I'll do that. I'm not panicking. Oh my God, I have other shit to do. It's solved. Then maybe I dedicate some time to meditation, to other important stuff that is not urgent at the moment when I'm writing them. But it will become urgent if I don't plan for it. And then I'm going to get stressed about them. So for me, yeah. I'm, I can't say by experience because I'm only going to start this Sunday. I feel like Sunday is a good day. He also recommends it's chill day for most people. You know, there's no partying happening anywhere. It's just a tranquil day. And yeah, I, I really want to do this because I feel like it's going to have explosive results. But yeah, <laughs> I really do believe that. Yeah, well follow up on the next podcast to see <laughs> yeah held you, hold you accountable no but it's <laughs> because I, I don't think i've ever planned the week before i planned the day I, i've tried the first time i read this book and i think like a, a quick word of advice because i did it and the thing is for me like i overthink it way too much and i try to plan every single hour of every day and what ends up happening is just like once you get to the like, things change during the week and so you you want to plan it, but you don't. You want to have some room for 
for error, like for for human error, oh, because sure. it will happen. And so, because the thing that happened to me is like I just started. Oh my god, everything's falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> it was like my the, world is crumbling. <laughs> yeah, that's like the perfection. Perfectionism kills with these things because you just you end up not doing anything because it's yeah. not perfect. Just accept that some things won't happen, but just the, by the act of you having a, a plan, it just makes everything. Better. And also, I feel like it's if you when I say plan the week ahead, I should have mentioned is to focus on the important and not urgent things, because the important urgent mm-hmm. things you need to leave space for that because that's gonna pop up and becomes urgent. But if you if you plan yeah, the, that's the thing I didn't do. Yeah, if you plan the important and not urgent, then that works because if you have like nine tasks for the whole week that are super important and not urgent, then you you're like okay at five p.m. this day I'm gonna do this, but then the rest of the day is free for the important urgent shit that's gonna pop up. I feel like it's more in that line of things. But what we all, always fail to do is defining those important things that are not urgent. Maybe it's like I need to define a workout plan. The, you know, define a new workout plan to improve my gains because you do that once and then you just have to follow it. That's it. I feel like it's more those yeah. tasks. It's more like, huh, maybe I don't have, I, I want to improve the profits of my company. I'm going to dedicate two hours to look at it. It's shit like that, that, you know, it's not urgent, but if you do it, it's, I, I do believe it's going to have exponential results. So yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying to plan, like I mean, don't plan the time you're going to have breakfast because obviously <laughs> shit, shit will fall apart. Yeah. Yeah, that's the kind of dumb stuff. I was, I was, it was like, of course, like going, looking back at it now, it's obvious it was going to fail. But it's, and that's also like a personal fault of mine. I always try to make things, it's like, it's kind of ironic. It's like what people would say in an interview, like, what's your fault? I'm perfectionist, <laughs> man. I just, it's like, but it's a real fault. People don't take it. It's like, it, because most things, like if you're a perfectionist, most likely you just appear lazy because you just, you try to make everything perfect and you end up doing yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, like, nothing it's uh... Yeah, just, just, it's just like a, it's the back to the utopian, like it's a childish kind of mentality. It's the utopian kind of like, you can have everything, you can have your cake and eat it too. No, it's like, there's going to be compromises to be made. Accept that. That's what I think where really being an adult means. It's accepting the compromises. It's like Mark Manson says, taking your shit sandwich and yep. eating it. And it's like, that's, that, that's what makes you grow. And that's, that's a challenge for me. Like every day, I have to constantly battle with that idea of like, okay, there are compromises to be made, and and just by like if you're doing eighty percent, it's still better than not doing a hundred percent. Like if you're doing eighty percent consistently, yeah, it's way better than just giving like one hundred percent one day and then not doing it for an, another week, month and then getting back to one hundred percent. Like eighty percent consistently will yeah. Get and there. for me, a big thing that I've I'm glad you talked about that. That recently, just I realized on more an emotional level is before in the back of my mind, I always thought until I get this 100% right, number one, I'm not going to be happy. Number two, it, it's not going to work. Until I can go five times yeah. per week to the gym for one year, I'm not going to get jacked. But now I noticed, now I feel a lot, but my body's way better than it was six months ago. Like yeah. I didn't do everything money-wise I wanted, but my money now it's much better than it was six months ago. And yeah. it's just those, yeah. And one of the things is it does take time, you know? Because for me, it, yeah. it took like two, three years to figure that out. Before I was super anxious and just, I need that. I want to do that fast now. But the, the essence of growing requires patience because it's day to day. It's like there's that, I don't know who, talk, who said this, it's like grass doesn't 
you know, hustle to grow. It just grows because that's just what yep. it does. What, what it does, what it does. <laughs> My brain broke off for a second there, but that's it. <laughs> if you are just always every day, it's like, I need that. I need that. I need it. Number one, if you're like most people, which most likely you are, you're going to break in one month. That's you see all yeah. the people I've ever saw, like, I'm going to be a millionaire in the next year or the next six months. No, they're not millionaires. They're probably broke right now, not knowing what to do with their lives. Because the very essence of saying that is that you need that to be happy. You need that goal. You're like, I, I'm going to do it in six months. Why six months? Why can't it be? Do you really, do you think that if you, yeah, if you have $800 like, in your bank account, you're going to be rich in six months? Maybe, but... That's the thing we most developed, I think, I think in this past year. It's like patience. Yeah. Just having, like you, by having patience, it just opens your mind. Like, it frees you to just try new things. Because if, you, if you're like, if you're always in that mindset, it's like, I got to get, I got to be a millionaire by 18. I got to, like all these things. Like, do you really, like, do you? Or, it's just or, like, ego. It's just, just ego shit. Yeah, it's all ego. It's like once you take that those dumb ideas out of your mind and just accept that that you have time for for all of that, and you just you ex first of all you do more because there's no longer that rush of like oh, I have to do this that, that 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 eternal loop of doing something good for maybe a week, then falling off for a month, then etc. And keep on keeping on doing that. No, now you can be like, okay, I'm gonna try this new thing. I'm gonna do it. Commit to doing it for three months. You you fail some days. Most days you get it right. Guess what? At the end of those three months, you're much better off than you were. I guarantee yeah. you. And then, but you can only do that once you develop patience because it, it takes patience to, and humility to recognize that it will take time for you to like. We all want to believe we're gonna be the next successful story. That the guy that puts puts on twenty muscles in twenty pounds of muscle in yeah. one month. We wanna be the the kid who gets a millionaire in a week. Like yeah, but most like we said you're, you you are most people most likely yeah. and most people will not achieve that and you just need to be okay with that because at the end of the day why do you want to why do you want to be the guy that puts on 20 pounds of muscle in one month is it because you really enjoy having muscle or is it because like you're insecure yeah. and you want people and to you look just at you need it right way? now because like, you feel shit right now yeah is it because you like is it because you really like one million dollars is the amount that will give you purpose or it's because it's like you're insecure about your financial status. Yeah. It's like once you delve into those, like the reasoning behind those things, you really recognize, okay, I was just being insecure and trying to hide that by by doing more things and getting busy. Yeah. yeah and it's one of those things that in my personal experience, you can only get by doing and having that mindset and, and failing and then realizing like, no, th things do take time, you know? It's not gonna, and yeah. but that's also I, I feel like the beauty of life. Uh, <laughs> woo, being a bit woo woo here, but no, it is because <laughs> it's going through that and then realizing like, oh no, it wasn't that. For me, it was like traveling six months and then realizing nothing outside is what you're looking for. You know, it's kind of like that story of the yeah. guy who goes and yeah, and then comes back home to realize that's where it was. It's not outside; it's inside. Like the the first principle says. It's not outside. It's not more muscle. It's not more money. Those are all good things to aim at, but not from the mindset that you need them to feel some kind of way. It's just... Yeah, only because of the things that they'll, they'll give to you yeah. from inside that you'll obtain from achieving. Absolutely. Or, or working instead of working for those. And, things. you know, those, the, the, those the were the three first habits, which are to focus on, going back to the beginning, focusing on 
private victories, victories for yourself. Because that's what it is, following your your core guidelines, following, being proactive, organizing yourself. These are all things you do to yourself for yourself. You know, they're going to impact others positive, positively, but they're mostly for yourself. What we're going to look at next, not next week's podcast, or maybe we can do next week. We'll see. Next podcast about the book, what we're going to review is how to transition that uh, private victory into public victory, victories with other people, you know, Maybe it's leading a team, leading your family, uh, children, whatever it is. It's transitioning that into the public victory. Uh, that's all I have to say. I don't know if you want to finish with anything else. No, I think I said all I wanted to say. My mouth is shut for now. But yeah, that was it. Um, I want to thank to everyone who's been subscribing to the page, who's been listening. We now have, uh, first of all, we have much more people listening than I could ever, not ever imagine because we, I kind of aimed, we aimed at it. But it's always good to see that, you know, people are enjoying and it's growing from week to week. Also the Instagram page. So I want to thank to everyone who's listening, who's liking, who's subscribing. And yeah, we'll see you next week on the same spot. So bye-bye.